0: Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's word and discover radical results along the way. Friends, welcome back to Walk It Out. I am so glad you're here. And if you're here for the first time, this is an episode that I think you'll be glad to tune into. Now, it's always fun as a podcaster to be able to connect with someone that I've just appreciated and um, just watched from a distance and seen what God has done in her life. And today's guest is no exception to that. I'll be talking to Plum. Yes. The amazing recording artist that has written so many beautiful songs that have really touched the depths of my soul. Um, one of her songs that I just love is a new favorite. is called Beautifully Broken. And I'm just going to read a, a couple lines of the lyrics that says, you're beautifully broken and you, can, and you can be whole again. Even a million scars doesn't change whose you are. You're worthy, beautifully broken, you're beautifully broken. Oh, the God who made the stars is the God that made your heart. And you know, when you hear lyrics like that, and you know, so many times I find myself in the car singing along, and then all of a sudden, I'll stop and really pause and saying, this is so powerful. I love how God uses messages and truth through music to be able to connect with us to be able to draw us closer to him to teach us those truths. And as a mom of um, seven daughters, Uh, five of which are still at home. I just love that these messages from Plum can speak to my daughter's hearts too. But the amazing thing about Plum is the depth from her music also is shown in the depth of her books. And you may not know, but she's also an author. And so today, we're going to be talking about her newest book, fight for her, even if you have to fight for her. Now, I loved our conversation. And I have to just say, um, she just shared so much good stuff. I was just basically listening and taking notes. <laughs> so, um, You know, she she says later that she was rambling, I was just listening, because the, the depth of what she shared was so important, I think, as to parents, but also to friends. Um, I know so many times, we don't want to be able to share with our friend what's really Um, What we're really feeling if they're in a difficult situation or if we see a friend maybe walking a path that we know is not in line with God's word, how do we deal with it? Sometimes we think, you know, we don't want to fight. We don't want to judge. Um, But the truth of God's word is that we do go to that person and we do talk to them. And sometimes it may lead to a confrontation, Um, but that is okay. So I hope you're going to enjoy this podcast with Plum. And just know that um, there's so much good stuff that I hope you'll be encouraged. Well, friends, welcome back to Walk It Out. And one of the funnest things is just being able to sit down and chat with people that I admire and that I've been admiring for a while. And that's completely how I feel about this guest today. Today, we have Plum, who's a singer, songwriter, recording artist, and an author. Some people may not know that author part. Um, and she's going to be sharing about her new book, Fight for Her, Even If You Have to Fight Her. So Plum, welcome Welcome for being here on Walk It Out today. Thanks for having me. Hello. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. And I have to tell you a little story um, before I launch in and start asking questions. So my husband and I have adopted seven kids, six of them from foster care. And most recently, we adopted a sibling group of four girls. Um, And they had been, they're all teenagers. They'd been in the system a while. And so, you know, here's the challenges first of just having teenagers, and then you have uh, four girls that, you know, you haven't raised that have been in the system a while. And when they first moved in, um, one of the things we noticed is just the music they listened to was just not good. (laughs) The lyrics and a lot of secular music, a lot of. some explicit songs and we're like we cannot have this and so we started sharing like what about this music and what about this and um that's just dumb I don't like that music and then we're in the car and we one of your songs come on they're like who's this we like this and so oh man for months and months um, I'd say let's listen to something different, and they go, "Okay, Plum." That was like the only thing, and so you um just have been parts of our drives to therapy, and parts of oh, our man. drives. To Thank so you just- so much. I, what are their ages? Um, now they're between the ages of 13 and 18. Okay, uh, well, um, my publicist who
1: set this up, will you please reach back to her, um, with if she doesn't have it already, with an address and their names, because I'd love to send them each something to just, um, like their, their own copy of the book and maybe a sweatshirt or a hoodie or something, and just for them to know that, um, you know, just that I, I care about them and I can't, I cannot imagine having to start there. Like, I mean, I have a 13 (laughs) and a half year old and I feel like a lot of the clout that I have with him is because I've had him for 13 and a half years and easing into it. I cannot, cannot imagine uh, just getting him at that age. And so, um, that's gotta be really challenging. So to just reiterate or reequip or, uh, you know, partner with however you want to look at it, just however I can help. Cause if they, if they have any respect for my music, for you to be able to use that to your advantage, um, in, you know, rearing them, let, how however I can help, I want to help. So.
0: Oh, I love that. You know, in fact, yesterday, um, I told them that I'd be talking to you today, and the twins are uh, 15. And the yell that they yell—I'm sure the neighbors down the street are wondering what's happened at our house. They were so excited. So um, just know that you are well loved in our home, and and your music has just played a huge part in their healing. The lyrics, um, which I know you talk so much about being—you know—broken but still beautiful—and that has just played a huge part. I know in your lyrics, and I know now it plays a huge part in this book. Um, and I know you just poured out so much in the pages. So why I know in the music industry, it's just a lot of male dominated, um, you know, men that you work with, but you really have a heart for women. So why did you feel like this is the book that you wanted to write?
1: Well, for a couple reasons, one, um, I have with, for my earliest memory, as far back as my mind can remember, um, even my earliest, like some, you know, you have your earliest childhood memory. And I think one of them is me standing in the hallway telling my mom that I was four. And she was like, Well, no, you're not four yet. You're still three. You have a little bit of more time. And I was combative with her of like, no, I'm I'm four. And she's like, No, not, not quite yet. You're three. For some reason that memory stands out to me. I don't know. But we have these early memories, right? And um so many of mine, I was not in any way, shape, or form aware of at the time. Um, Much later in life, was I able to look back and realize that I advocated for a lot of girls growing up. Most of my closest friends growing up um, didn't have the home life that I had. They had different stories of brokenness. One of my best friends never knew her dad. Um, Her mom was a single mom her entire life and still is. One of my very best friends... Her mom and dad divorced when she was a year old. She never met him, didn't remember him, was adopted by her stepdad when she was a little bit older, and he was in her life until she became an adult and then met her biological father. And like one after the other, I could just keep going and going, Or there's this brokenness in their home that created this space in them where they didn't feel empowered or advocated for. Um and, and not exclusively because of the absence of that father figure, but much in part to do with that. And so here I had this father that would kill tigers for me, who spoke the truth of what God said over me all the time, that you're beautiful. You're so smart. You're so funny. I love you. I like being around you. Um, you know, you're valuable. You matter to this family. What? Who would we be without you? Just this sense of understanding. And so as I was, you know, growing up and I was being told that I should believe that God loves me. That was very easy for me to believe and that God forgives me. Well, that was also easy for me to believe because my dad loved me and my dad forgave me when I messed up. And so my understanding of God was made simpler and easier to trust because my earthly father was such a good dude. And um, at the same time, I was raised by a mother willing to fight with me. She cared more about faithfulness than friendship. She cared more about holiness than happiness. And she felt like if she stayed the course of those two areas that we eventually would be friends and that maybe I'd be happy in the long run. And so there's lots of combative moments between us and, and my upbringing. But I, I realize now, obviously looking back, now having a daughter, the sacrifices that my parents made and that when we were in conflict or if they did make a, a, a bad call or a mistake, that it was coming from a place of sincere Love for me. So in the mistakes that I'm making and have made with my own children, I'm never doing that on purpose, and I'm never doing it to make their lives terrible. I'm really, truly doing it because I think that's what's best. And sometimes I learn that it's it's wrong. And so here I am in this space of now having a daughter. Ten years ago, I gave birth to my daughter, and she's two or three, toddler moment. Um, you know, having a, a meltdown, and I remember saying to her, "I'll fight for you, even if I have to fight you." Because I was correcting her and I was not allowing her to continue. And what I knew if I did allow her to stay in would be extremely, you know, dangerous, destructive and all that for her life. And so living in a world that you think you run our house and that your attitude can be poor and that you can be disrespectful, you're not going to get too far. And so um, out of love for her, I fought with her. And so when it came out of my mouth, I'll fight for you, even if I have to fight you. I heard my mother, but my mother never said that phrase, but that's what my mother did. And so in that moment, knowing that that's a book one day, fast forward, now she's 10. I wrote this book because for for two reasons. One, it's been on my heart since I said that to her, but in reflecting how I've had a huge heart for advocating for and empowering women my whole life. And I think it's because I was advocated for and I was empowered. And when I come across someone who's not, there's a mix of what? And then a mix and, and you know, met with compassion of like, no, 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 no. You are beautiful. No, no, no. Who told you you were dumb? You're smart. Like, n- don't believe those lies. And so wanting to share the wealth of what I've been blessed to have and giving that back. And so, so here I am, you know, this book is in the back of my mind. But I wanted to release this book, which I have done, when my daughter turned 10 years old, which she just turned 10, like literally weeks before it hit shelves. Um, Because as she became a double digit and she entered lower middle school, which is what they call it at her school in fifth grade, I didn't want to wait till she was 25 to share this information. I I thought the sooner the better, but I also wanted to wait until she was at the season in her life where I'm speaking this truth out loud all the time so that I am reminded of it to pour back into her, that she's hearing me say it from stage, that she's hearing me share it at the merchandise table, that my daughter is hearing this truth spoken over her. That's not just about her, but is just straight up truth and that we are fought for, that we will be fought for, that we are loved, that we are beautiful, that we're not alone, that we're worthy and valuable. And my daughter, um, initially I sat down to write the book thinking this would be sort of a mother daughter book. Um, every woman is a daughter. So, you know, regardless of what kind of parent she did or didn't have, she is a daughter, but she may have a daughter herself one day and become a mother. Um, or she may not. And as I got into it, I was like, wait a minute for all those women that never have a daughter, much less never even become a mother. I don't want to alienate them from this conversation. It's important. So this, this, this book needs to be for all daughters. And then as I finished the book, edited, closed it up, put it on shelves. As soon as it came out, I've had more men say to me, I think you're doing the book a disservice by making it exclusive to women because the sentiment is so powerful that it really is for all sons and daughters, which is all humankind that we are fought for. And we are loved in a way that sometimes we don't realize that we haven't, that truth hasn't been spoken into our lives, good truth and hard truth, but also um, as an empowerment to them as, or, or more than an, than anything else, almost an inspiration to them as men to speak that truth into the lives of the women around you, whether they're your daughter, your niece, your wife, your girlfriend, your cousin, your neighbor, your schoolmate. Um, and that the fight for him, even if you have to fight him, it's synonymous that, The theory of being able to stand up to someone um, sometimes looks like, I'm sorry, I I said that wrong. Sometimes standing up for someone looks like standing up to someone. Fighting for someone often looks like fighting with. And so the ultimate goal of the book was to sort of revolutionize the way we communicate with each other, how we can be so catty and gossipy and comparison and jealous and ultimately bully each other like, the adult version of bullying, the adult version of, t- you know, tattletelling is throwing each other under, under the bus and trying to make each other look bad and not seeing the good in each other, being aware of what is true and not speaking it over your, you know, your friend or the people around you. And that could be a good truth or a hard truth. You might be around someone that is looking in, you know, the mirror on a constant basis in some way, shape or form. Degrading themselves. I'm so fat. I'm so ugly. I'm so whatever. Or I'm just not smart enough. Or, you know what? I don't fit in there. I don't really belong. Or I'll never, ever measure up to that. Oh, I could never become a doctor. Oh, I could never, you know, have that kind of a boyfriend. Whatever it may be, that what if they're in your life for you to speak truth into their lives that they weren't told as a young child like I was that says, you are beautiful. You're valuable. You're worthy. You're not alone. You're loved all of those things. Um, Because I think we forget when we think of speaking truth into someone's life, we immediately think of something that's a hard truth, which is very important to speak into their lives with. But it's just as important to speak the good stuff as it is the hard. And the hard stuff, you know, that gets a little more complicated, I think, sometimes because we get a little caught up in us and where our motivation is coming from to even speak that. And in the book, I talk about something called the five Ds, and those are kind of a checklist for you to kind of check yourself in communicating hard truth to someone. This is the this is the 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 less um, appealing conversation that you have with someone you love, whether it's your daughter or it's a daughter, um, you know, it's the girl that you work with, or it's your next door neighbor, or your best friend, or whoever. Um, this is the stuff that you might be getting motivated by the Holy Spirit, being prompted by him to speak truth and love to someone. And you're a little nervous because you're not sure they're going to receive it. And a lot of times they don't because it's hard. Um, And you're a little bit afraid that they might quit being your friend or they might um, break the relationship. I know there's a ton of mothers that might be listening right now that have a teenage daughter that you're like, I don't want to sacrifice my relationship with her just to make her dress this way or not date this boy or you know, fill in the blank. Um, Let me just come to you from some personal experience. I had a mother that was very comfortable with the word no. And I'm going to go back and repeat that she cared about faithfulness and holiness over friendship and happiness. And she wanted to be my friend and she is now. And she wanted me to be happy and I am. But there was some very unhappy times and our friendship was not so great. Um, And and another reason, but to, to write this book is to give that mom or that woman or that person who's in that situation right now with a, a relationship that's tumultuous, to give them some hope and some encouragement and some courage um, that if you are made motivated by the Lord to speak something that is true into someone's life, you have to trust the Lord with that. They may quit being your friend. They may not talk to you for a month. They may not, they may not agree with you and they may not change. There's an endless list of how they could respond. However, how to check yourself. Okay, so the, the woman right now that's going, okay, fine. I'm completely fine speaking truth in love because I love this person and I'm completely fine. You know, mo- if it's really motivated by the Lord, I have confidence in him. But how do I know that it's motivated from the Lord and it's not just me disagreeing with them? Um, that's what the five D's came in for to play. I was, my, my, boys were about two and three. I have two boys, um, 11 and a half and 13. And, and, and then obviously my daughter who's 10, I've been married for about 18 years. So if you're listening and thinking, you know, who is she? I I do not know at all, but <laughs> I have, you know, some years of marriage and parenting under my belt. I've, I've had a broken marriage that we ended up restoring 18 months later and remarrying all over again. I've been through some stuff. Okay. So I'm not this, you know, uh, little miss Muffet kind of sitting here eating my curds and whey. I, I struggle with anxiety and depression and ADD and I've been a bad friend. I've been a, 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 a an unhealthy wife and I've been a disrespectful mother. I have been a, an extremely distant daughter. And so I've, I've, I've got some stuff that the Lord has dealt with me on that I really just want to pour back into you, the listener and the reader, to share some of that wisdom. Ultimately, I'm a storyteller. I don't have a PhD, so don't go looking for where my education came from. Uh, but the five D's happened when my little boys were arguing, they were, they were coloring and they're about two and a half and four. They're all about 18 months apart. So my daughter is very tiny. She's probably not even one at this point, probably taking a nap in her crib. And Solomon runs into me and says, mommy, Oliver took my crayon. And I said, well, did you ask him to give it back? So he runs back into the room. Oliver, give me my crayon. And I hear Oliver say, "No." And then Oliver, you know, Solomon comes back to me, mommy, he still won't give me my crayon. So I walk in there and I realized, okay, I have to make a change here because this is now happening. They're now old enough to have this you know, dispute because prior to then they were pretty tiny. So this was kind of a new thing on that particular day that they were arguing like this. They may have even been a little younger than that for what it's worth. I just knew Clementine was a newborn. And I said, Oliver, did he ask you to give him his crayon back. And he kind of looks at me and I said, did he? He kind of nods his head. Yes. And I said, well, then you should have given it back to him when he used his words. And I turned to Solomon and I said, did you come to me first or did you go to him first? And he says to me, you. And I said, okay, well, that's where we made a mistake. You need to talk to Oliver first. And then if Oliver doesn't listen to your words, then you come talk to me. And then I'll come talk to Oliver. I said, but what you did was tattle and there's a difference. So we're going to practice not tattling and telling. Telling is after you've used your words respectfully. If it doesn't work out, come get me and I'll, and I'll advocate. And I have used big grown-up words with them like that, realizing I know he didn't know what the word advocate meant. But I've been using that so that eventually they will understand. For the same reason I've used, like, what your body parts are actually called and not really talked baby talk to them. But anyway, I... um. I explained to him, and then that that's the beginning of years, trust me, of having to re-explain your tattling right now. Tattling is just trying to get him in trouble, but telling is getting him out of trouble. Well, then Oliver, of course, has now gotten a little older. He's my little Dennis the Menace, like in the best possible way. Sweet, 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 sweet little boy, but completely adventurous and into everything. So when he was little, I mean, he's 11 and a half now, but when he was little, it was just, you know, his feet were in the... the garbage disposal one time. And he, he only oh did my. not chop them off when he turned the garbage disposal on because he had to lean far enough to turn the switch on that his feet lifted out of the garbage disposal. It oh was terrifying. Anyway, so he's, he's my little handful anyway. So, you know, I eventually have had to explain over and over that when you tell you've used your words and you're ultimately getting them out of trouble. And Oliver says to me, well, I still got in trouble. And I said, well, no, think about this. Tattling, not using your words at all, not trying to work it out. You just, you're doing it just to get them in trouble. When you've used your words and they still don't listen, even if they have a consequence, ultimately they're being rescued from something because telling gets them out of trouble when there's danger. Telling gets them out of trouble when there's, you know, a number of, a myriad of things. However, in the long run, sometimes in the short, especially when there's danger involved, but in the long run, if you continue to be allowed to be disrespectful, you'll have a horrible life. And so even though you may have a consequence now for being disrespectful, you're actually being helped by not being allowed to do that. And so the reason that bled into the, the five Ds was, well when do we know if it's a tell or a tattle mom? Well, if you've used your words and they're not listening, and here's your five categories. Is it about disobedience? Is it about disrespect? Is it about dishonesty? Is it about destruction and is it about dishonesty? Because I want them to be truth tellers and I want them to be cautious and wise. I want them to be obedient and respectful and um, safe. I, I think I touched on all of them, right? I think I, I, think I got them all. Um, and so I had it on this chalkboard in the kitchen. And when they were, you know, I hear the pitter patter of like, mommy, and you kind of know that tone. Well, I would look at the board and I would just say, hey, 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 before you say anything, have you used your words? Yes. Okay. Which D is it? Destruction. I told Oliver not to tear up my such and such and he's ripping it. Okay. Thank you. And then you go in and then Oliver has a consequence now because he told you not to do that. So now I've had to get involved and now you're getting in trouble because you are being destructive. And it's like almost everything you can think of kind that's negative or unhealthy kind of falls under that category in some way, shape or form. And so as adults in this book, Let's say it's your teenage daughter, just because I know that's a that's a big buzz. Or all
0: four of them. <laughs> or all four. Or all four of
1: them. Trisha, um, that when you are needing to speak a hard truth into their life, does it fall under one or all of those things? And you could come to them with a, with almost like one of the big one of those five D's is kind of your your one or your five people that are with you in that conversation that you're not alone, and you come into that conversation, for example. And let's say your daughter has been, you know, she's running around in a string bikini and and you you're, that's not your standard. Let's say, um, you can pull her aside, say, I love you. And I've prayed about this conversation. And I believe the way that you're carrying yourself is dangerous. And I think it might be destructive to your character. So let's just start there. Um, and this is why, and then you as a mother with your with your standards can go into like, you know, for me, for instance, if that was my conversation with my daughter, it would be that we live in a fallen world. And although you like what you have on right now, someone else will see you differently. They will see you differently than you really are in that. That particular presentation of yourself turns you into more of an object and less of a person. And that's not that's not really fair, I get that. But we don't live in a fair world and we don't live in a perfect world. It's, it's, it's unfair and it's fallen. And so what do we do? All we can do is our best. And so for the safety of you, I'm going to ask that you not do that. And if there's, well, no, well then, okay, now let's have a new conversation. Now you're being disrespectful. And I also don't tolerate that. I'm your mom. And until you provide for yourself, I am accountable to God for caring for you and taking um, that responsibility serious. And so right now you may not feel like my friend, but what I feel like I'm doing is faithful. And right now, You're not really happy about what this conversation has turned into, but I believe that this is a step towards what I believe is God's uh, God's best for you, which is where you know, I I dare say using the term holy with teenagers can be off-putting. It can seem like we're trying to talk like they're a great grandmother, but um, but for just but bring it back to the heart and what God says. And God made me your mom. And even for you, like you know, these four girls that have been put in your life, God put you in my life, which means he has hand selected me because he trusts me. And he thinks that I'm equipped. I don't, I don't feel very equipped, <laughs> you know, show some humility, show some humanity. Cause we're not, we're, we may be a superior to our, our child in, in the sense that we are their protector and their advocate and their, um, uh, their, their sub- supplier of food and shelter and clo- you know, but, um, we're still humans. We're, we're still human beings. And so I don't really feel all that equipped, but God says I am. And God's telling me to do this. And I'm going to respect him and I'm going to ask you to respect me. And if you don't, the unfortunate side of that is there's a consequence. And that that is going to be different for each family, but we believe in natural consequences. Our kids um, went to a Montessori school that we had started for a number of years um, in their early stages. And Montessori is a huge advocate of natural consequence. You, you, know, you shove your plate of dinner that mommy just made, into the middle of the table and say I don't like that. That is completely fine. You will not have dinner tonight. You may now go in your room and sit and read a book. I haven't beat you. I haven't, you know, you're not going to starve by missing this one meal. But the natural consequence to being disrespectful in our house over the meal that I just made is that you just won't have one. And we'll have a new attitude at breakfast tomorrow. And I have done that. I have done that, and it I only had to do it one time, and I only had to do it to one of my children because the other two saw it and were like, Ooh, I'm not doing that again. And I, you know, you don't have to be a jerk about it, you can just say, well, that's what I made and I'm not a menu. So, um, you know, get over yourself and go read a good book.
0: Well, thank you so much. I mean, I think that is so powerful. And what I love that you did first, you trained your kids. And then I love how you said that you prayed about it before talking to them about these things. I think so many times as parents, We try to um, parent from the moment and from emotion and we're upset and we give consequences without really training them first or praying about what we have to say. So I just really appreciate it. I know I cannot wait to pour over more of the book. I've read the first couple chapters, but pour over more of it and just uh, use it with my own kids. I could definitely have a a bulletin board up with those five D's that I'm going to be putting up. But can you just tell um, listeners where they can find your book and then more information about where they can find uh, information about you?
1: Yes, absolutely. And and just to be clear, I have not prayed about every single moment of uh, conflict. I've definitely oh, had. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, I have shot from the hip many times. But I think that's even more, it's even more, uh, I think it's more present in my life when it's someone that I'm close to. Or or more than acquaintances with that I feel like, man, I, I feel like maybe she needs talked to about something um, that I'm feeling motivated that I need to talk with them. And it's like, oh, what if they don't what if they don't agree or see eye to eye or they feel judged or condemned or what if they what if I'm wrong? So I think that's for me. It's like, man, Lord, you know, I, I'm, I'm worried about this for them because um, I like currently in my life, there's a, a, a handful of situations one of which is is a friend who's um, getting a divorce. The divorce is not quite final. And um, she's wondering if, you know, should she be dating? And so she's kind of in this place of exploration and um, like, I've never been here before. What what should I do? And so there's this part of me that's like pretty sure that it really is, you know, an, an over marriage at the same time, it's, not legally over. And at the same time, because e- even if even if it really is, it's fresh enough that the divorce isn't quite final. And so I feel like the priority, just as her friend in my gut, I feel like the priority shouldn't really be on dating right now because there's lots of kids involved. And so it's like, boy, that's easy to, you know, that's easy for me to say since, you know, my marriage is intact right now and she's really wanting com- companionship and, and a, f- a friend and someone to talk to and you know, and to feel loved and seen and heard. I get that. Um, but like literally like, Lord, help me be the, the right friend, a good friend. And like, help me to speak the truth. Like, is, is it obedient of her? Is it respectful of her? What's honest and what's, what's constructive and what's, what's safest for their family. And so I don't know, I'm not, I'm not saying that I've, I've made a final decision there. Of what to say but like that's that's a situation in my life where I literally the the five d's goes through my mind to say how do I present that and then hey you know what maybe I just ask her some questions like we do our children and say well, what do you think is the safest thing for your family what's the most constructive thing you think you could be doing right now what's the most you know respectful and obedient and responsible thing right now you know what is you know what is the most honest thing you could do with the story that you're you're dealing with right now and I feel like sometimes I mean, my therapist does that. Like she asks good questions and then through self-discovery, you sometimes are like, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think I know the answer to that. And when you can kind of figure it out for yourself, it almost has more, it's more effective almost than just, you know, even with your kids, like when they're like, oh yeah, this was, this was not a good decision. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't. So let's move on. Um, but anyway, you can find me, uh, plummusic.net is my website, um, or you can just Google plum with a B. Um, and I have the book fight for her. Even if you have to fight her, it's it's like I said, I don't know if I mentioned this or not. It's a standalone, but there are discussion questions at the end of each chapter that the chapters are really short. I hate long books because I have, I do have ADD and so I I get easily distracted and then I don't finish the book. So if I can at least finish a chapter sometimes like that's, there's some really empowering things. I mean, one of the, one of the most empowering things I've ever read before was in a forward of a book. And I didn't even finish the whole book because I was like, man. I'm gonna run with that. That's a, an amazing thing to say. And then never came back and was like, wait a minute, I should probably finish the rest of that book. But um, it has discussion questions at the end. There's only three or four for you to reflect on or to, to do with your daughter or your friend or your small group or whatever. Um, and again, if you're a guy coming across this, um, you know the, the sentiment I'm being told is is equally important for men as it is women. Um, not just to kind of equip you better to speak. Into the the lives of the women that you love, but how you know how you how you uh, express yourself and share and communicate with the men. So for mothers that have sons, I have sons, and so as you've probably picked up on a lot of these principles, I'm using on my boys just as much. But I think my since I am a woman, writing from that you know from that perspective is going to connect with women the most. But um, if you have a son, this is this is equally. Equally important to fight for him, even if you have to fight him. And it doesn't matter that you've never been a boy before. Um, you, you know, the men in your lives, you are still human. And we all are created by God, and God can talk to all of us about each other. And if we're motivated again by his spirit and love to the people we care about, um, that's really what matters most.
0: I love that so much. Yeah. Jesus didn't come to earth and just let us keep going on our own merry way. <laughs> he confronted us. and Right. He did. I love it. It's so important. And I cannot wait to go over this book with my girls. I think it'll be perfect. We do have a morning devotional time. We homeschool. So before we start the school day, we always go over it. And I think this book will be perfect. So I'm looking forward to it. And I'm also looking forward. We're going to be meeting you in Searcy, Arkansas. So yes, you know, next great. month we'll be able to connect. And I know Um, again, the girls will be able to tell you themselves just how much your music has meant to us and our family.
1: Well, thank you. And I was going to say 13 and 15 uh, twins, they are there as long as you're there guiding it. I think that they're absolutely old enough for you to read a short chapter and then ask them some of those questions. And then that helps you get to know them better, especially since they're, you know, newly adopted and all of that. That's, I think that's a great opportunity for your family. That's not because I wrote that book. That's just, (laughs) I feel like, man, if that helps, if that helps no one else, but your family, like this was worth, worth writing it. So.
0: Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your heart, not only in your music, but in your words. And I know that um, I'll continue to share, because I know this is a message that many people need to hear. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, what did you think of that? I just think it's so amazing how, just the truth of those five D's. And honestly, I am going to make a poster or a white bird or something and post those, um, in my home because it's so true with the dishonesty or destruction or the other five, the other ones of the five D's that she mentioned, those can apply to so much in our kids' lives. And, and so many times we do just focus on disciplining them without training them and to, to get them to consider for themselves. Am I doing Something dishonest, or am I being honest? Am I being destructive, or what am I? What I'm doing now is constructive. So really, I think it's so important for us to train our kids and to use those things. And that's just one of the many things that Plum talks about in the book. There's so much great stuff. I'm looking forward to going over, going over it, going through it um, with my girls. Maybe we'll even have some more music playing in the background as we sit and go through this book. I know it's going to be a huge blessing to my family. Now, of course, today's walk it out verse is one that talks about this very thing about speaking the truth in love. And that is Ephesians four fourteen through 15. And it says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their own deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love we will grow to become in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ, and I think so many times um we can get caught up in not wanting to offend someone or not wanting to get in a fight or get in an argument, and we're tossed back and forth by the ways. we're blown here and there. we listen to someone's teaching, we listen to someone else's teaching, but we don't go to the Word of God and saying, "Okay, this is what God's Word says, yes." I know you think what your thoughts are are a good idea, um, but this is what God's word said. So I love that. In every respect, speaking the truth in love, and we will become mature as we go to our kids or we go to our friends, if we go to our sisters in Christ and talk to them about the truth, not that we feel prideful that we have the answer, but the truth in love that we could humble ourselves Um, and really share from our hearts. And I know this is one of the hardest things I do. None of of us like conflict. I don't like to um, talk to one of my kids about something that's happening or talk to my friends, which I've had to do recently. Sit down and share my heart and share what I was feeling and also share what God's word says. But I think it is so, so important. So right now I'm just going to offer a prayer to us, for us. Dear God, I just thank you. So much for um, Plum, for her message, for her heart. And I know, Lord, that you use her voice through music to go out and just impact hearts just like you've impacted the hearts of our family. And I just thank you again for using her voice in the written word, too to just share your truth with others that share her wisdom. Like she said, Lord, you know, this is something that you've been working on her own heart for a while. And she wants to be able to get out and share. So I thank you for that, Lord. And I pray God that, um, if there's a situation that we know we need to sit down and someone and and talk about that, you just give us boldness and that we will be willing to speak the truth, and love, because we care about another person. We don't want their destruction. We want them to draw closer to you and to have whole relationships with you and other people, and I just pray for that today, dear God. I pray a blessing on Plum. I pray a blessing on her music. I pray a blessing on what you're doing with her, and I just pray that her messages and her words will continue to go out and impact people for your glory. In your name we pray, amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for being here. And I just appreciate um, everyone who listens. I appreciate you spreading the word about this podcast. I appreciate you really just being my friends and coming alongside me as I get to chat and hear interview people and hear what's on their hearts. I'd love it if you tell more people about this podcast, encourage them to listen. Also know that this podcast is inspired by my book, Walk It Out. And Walk It Out, the subtitle is The Radical Result of Living God's Word One Step at a Time. And really, you know, so many people ask me all the time, what is your favorite book that you've written? And I can't pick a favorite. But I am passionate about the message of Walk It Out because it really is about going back to God's Word, about doing what it says and taking those steps of faith, which is exactly what we talked about. In this conversation today. So I would encourage you to pick up a copy, um, ask the library to order a copy or order your own copy online or at a local bookstore. I hope you will be encouraged. And again, this podcast is sponsored by David C. Cook, my wonderful publisher, whose goal is to go and spread God's word throughout countries. And they have over hundred countries. They produce materials that really just share the love of God In all kinds of curriculum and all types of resources that can help people grow in their relationship with Christ. So be sure to check out my publisher. And know that um, anything that we talked about today, whether it's uh, websites or resources, you can always find them on the show notes, which is just walkitoutpodcast.com. That's walkitoutpodcast.com. And we'll have links there to um, the book and to Plum's website so you can find more information about her but thank you friends I am so thankful for you I am so thankful for you tuning in and that um, I pray that you this week again will just have the courage to have those conversations that you need to have and may God be glorified through them today's podcast was edited and produced by author media opening and closing music is from the song wide open space by life worship used with permission from integrity music